Welcome to Smoothly Blended, the podcast where you learn about our life, our family, and our journey through foster care. On this episode of Smoothly Blended, we're going to talk about what it's like when foster kids go home. When they are no longer in our home and they move on to either other foster homes or their original home, who would like to start? Brooke? Okay, so basically, um, if we have a baby and... Okay, so basically, like, Kaya, um, we think that they're going to go home, depending on the situation, they're either going to go back to their mom, or their grandma, or somebody very different that has one of their siblings, or somebody that doesn't even, isn't related to them, or knows their family. So basically... Whenever they go away, we have them for a little while, and we want to say goodbye, but it is very hard to say goodbye. So we have had two babies in our home for a short period of time since Jacob and I got married. Uh, We had an infant right out of the NICU who was five weeks old. And we had a five-month-old who had sustained a few injuries, and that's why she came to care. We had the first baby for two months full-time, and then a couple of months watching him two and three nights overnight a week um, after that. And then kind of his respite, kind of babysitting for the foster family that had him. And then when we had the older baby, that was fairly recently. We had her for, I believe, three months, and then she went to live with a family member and is making strides with her uh, biological mother to get back home. So it is difficult. Jessa, what do you think about it when they go home? Well, it's really sad, but, like, I feel good inside because I know that they are moving on to a better place and hopefully we'll get to go home. So good and bad. A little good, a little happy, a little bit sad. Yeah. It's the same way for us. I mean, it, it, you know, when you get the kid, you know that the chances are you're not keeping the kid forever. But go when that child leaves, it is so difficult. Um, you're happy that there's, there's good reasons. I mean, like the case is going well if they're leaving your home. Um, but you're very sad that you're not going to see them each and every day. Um, I'm still... Uh, I still miss the Kaya, Kaya well, and the previous baby too. Um, but uh, fortunately, we're seeing Kaya tomorrow. Uh, we're yes. going to be taking care of her tomorrow, which is exciting. And, we uh, haven't seen her in forever, so. It's been a month. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, right? About a month? And uh, that will be very nice. We will enjoy that. It is going to be nice to have a baby who, like, will stay with us forever. What do you mean by that? You. Because why? Because you're pregnant. Because I'm pregnant. When am I due? October 24. Good job. But she's really going to have the child October 15th. Hopefully early. (laughs) We're having kind of a family pool going. No, it's the 15th. No! October 4th. It's the 15th. (laughs) I want her to be two weeks early. I mean him. Oops. 
So let's talk about some ways that we deal with it when the kids move on. We've had two babies that have gone home. We thought our oldest was going home before his case changed to guardianship. So we were prepping in our hearts for that. And previously when I was a foster parent before Jacob and I got married, we had two twin girls that were around 11. They One went home and then the other one went home. We had them for about five months total. So let's talk about what we do when they go home. How do we let go? How do we move forward? I think the most important thing is we have to live in the grief a little bit. We have to let ourselves grieve and let ourselves be a little upset about it. Um, be sad. Know that that's okay. Um, take a moment to just live it and then we can move forward a little bit better. I feel like the best thing to do whenever we are, whenever they go home or to another place is to think about the positives, that their case is going better and that we love them, but they probably want to go home. And something that um, Jacob and I do, and I think the kids do this quite a bit too, is we'll talk about them for two, three weeks all the time. I wonder how they're doing today. I wonder if they're sleeping well. And Jacob and I will um, sometimes be able to be in contact with the family member or parent that has that child so we can check up on them and see how things are or like with baby Kaya tomorrow, we're going to be keeping her overnight while her grandmother works because her case hasn't progressed far enough for her to live with her bio mom yet. Um, so we'll talk about them a lot and allowing ourselves to hope they're doing okay or question how they are or allowing the kids to ask questions or just say that they're sad is really helpful for our family in letting us live in the grief for a minute, usually about two weeks. Um, and then we're able to move forward and look forward to the next event that we have going on in our world. Um, it is always hard when they go home. It's never an easy thing. And even when they're going home to bio parents or family members or they're moving on to a foster family, like with the first baby we had, he moved on to a foster family who had adopted his older sister. So he was getting to see his biological family more often than we were able to give. Um, because of the relationship that that adoptive family had with his grandmother and siblings and all of that. So it was a good thing, but you always wonder, would I have done it better? Could I be a better parent to that kid? Would we have been able to just raise that child and enjoy them? But that's not our job as foster parents. Our job is to love them hard and wholeheartedly for as long as we have them and then let them go. And I think... As a Christian, that's the way we have to treat it with all of our kids and family members. You love them. You do your best to be a good parent. You do all those things. But I can't say what's going to happen in the future. I have no idea. So holding them kind of loosely, um, knowing that it will end when it ends. And there's not really anything to be done about that. I feel like, um, yeah, it's a good thing that we aren't. God because we would make everything go away and what if the kid didn't want that for his life what if they like did and um what if we could be better parents for them what if we could but we don't have that choice it's not ours to make and I think that 
if you are struggling with sadness because a kid went away, you just have to think about the good positive. You have to think on the good side. Say to yourself, they're loved. They are good. And at their house right now, they're having a good time. I think you hit on a lot of good points there. Number one, a lot of people don't realize that foster parents have zero say in when a kid goes home or whether a kid is out of all of that. We have zero idea. In fact, we quite frequently don't find out about it until a day or two before they're leaving our home. And so we don't have any say in that. And and we probably shouldn't. That um, It's about their case and what things are. Number two, uh, just really pointing out that um, our grief isn't as important as the good we're doing in that child's life. And that's that's really a good summation of what you just said. And uh, I think that's very nice. So, Something else I'd like to touch on in this episode is what Jacob and I consider the myth of transition periods when kids go home or move on to a different family for whatever reason in their case. Um, I have sent home four different children in my time as a foster parent, three different counties, all different caseworkers, all different situations. The first set of kids went home to their uh, adoptive mom. The second one moved on to another foster family that adopted his older sister, and the third one moved on to a grandparent in hopes that they'll be reunited with reunited with mom at some point. Um, I have never once in the three different counties and the three different caseworkers had an actual transition period that was longer than two days, maybe three. <laughs> well, and I had one more mm-hmm. that, that you weren't a part of, and same thing. Um, that one had three days, uh, which is the longest I think we've, that, that we've had so far. And that was in green, so I guess it was still just three counties total. Um, yeah. Yeah. If for our experience, caseworkers, and if you're out there and you're getting into foster care and you're doing the classes, they're going to tell you because that's what they want to happen. And technically I think is supposed to happen in most counties and most states is that there's some sort of transition plan where the kid will spend a night or two at the next house and then move on to full weekends and then move on to full weeks, but you'll still see them. That has not once happened for us. Um, We have never experienced that (laughs) all the time. And so for us, it's kind of a myth. So if you're getting into this and you're thinking, that's okay, I'm going to know three weeks before they move on where they're going and how to prepare them for that. You don't actually know. Um, You have to get your heart in check so that you're saying kind and positive things to that kid about where they're headed next so you can help them transition. And this, again, is one of the hard things about foster parenting, but also extremely rewarding because you get a moment to speak some life and goodness and positive things into that child as they're transitioning to another place. And you hope you're saying the things that are really going to happen, that it's going to be a good situation and that they're going to live a better life than they did before. But um, it is a hard thing to keep your tongue to yourself And not always say, well, your caseworker this, or your case that, or I can't believe this judge. Those kids don't need to hear that. They don't care. At the end of the day, all the studies in the last 10, 15 years show us 
that children do better long term in most cases if they can be back with some sort of family of origin. It's just their culture. It's their life. It's the way they've lived so far. If they can stick with that, they do better as adults. So in that sense, you can kind of let them go happily, but it is super hard. And the transition myth makes it really difficult. Foster care is a mission. It's a mission for the entire family. Um, we are all on it. And um, we've had the kids we've had so far and we'll have more and all of us will do our best to help it. Speaking of more, Jessa, how many kids did we have over the weekend in our home? Eight. We had eight here. So we had our five permanent kiddos and then Jacob's niece, Abby, who's about our girl's age, came to spend some time with us just because it's summer and we like to hang out. We also um, were able to provide some respite care for a teenage boy uh, for a few nights. And so that was super interesting, but I loved it. I went to bed every night going, I didn't think I was ever going to want this many kids in our house, but I loved the full house and all the fun being had during the day by all the kids. Plus, Brooke had a friend here. That, that's what made eight. Yep, for part of the morning, <laughs> Brooke had a friend here. That's right. What did you think, Brooke, about all the kids in the house? For the weekend. It was very chaotic, but it was cool. What about you, Jessa? Um, it was fun. Like, I love having more kids than my than my aunt. <laughs> <laughs> so I am one of five siblings. Um, one of five kids in my in my uh, family. We have the origin. most kids. And my brothers make jokes about who's going to win the race of how many who has the most kids at the end of it. So far, we're winning. Yeah. Yes. Because we're looking forward to number six in October. Yes. And the other siblings have four at the most. So, so far we're winning. We'll see where it lands. They're not all done having children, so we'll see. <laughs> Neither are we. Probably not. <laughs> oh, goodness. Something else that uh, our family does, and I think very well, is when we have children come into our home, however long they're there, is we love them and we give them our whole heart. We treat them like parts of the family from the minute they get here till the minute they leave. And uh, we've got the parent figures. We've got all the sibling figures. It takes everybody, you know, a couple weeks to settle in usually. But, you know, I've got, got all these helpers with babies and they always want to be a part of things. And then, of course, a great partner in Jacob. And uh, it makes it a little bit easier when the whole family can just give their all to it, even though it's hard when they leave. So, as you guys were mentioning earlier, um, when you said that it's hard to say goodbye, I feel like it is, but when you really think about it, depending on the situation, it can be good, like, to say goodbye, because, how do I put this, basically, if you... Kaya, for example, she stayed with us for, what, months? Three months? And we were very attached. And when she left, we knew, like, that a few weeks before that, that she was probably going to go to her grandma's. And we knew that she might stay with us, but it was very low chance. But we were happy for her because she got to reconnect with her grandma. So we were sad that she was leaving since we had her for three months, but it was for a good cause. 
Absolutely. And just real quick, um, we had had her grandmother over and gotten used to who she was and really knew um, so that they could spend time with one another. Um, so... I forgot what I was going to say. That's okay. I think that's a good point to end on, that uh, the goodbyes are hard, but they're good in the long run. Absolutely. Like, if you have a cookie and you eat it, it's very good, but it's all gone. It's so sad when the cookie's gone. Or candy. Yes. <laughs> all right. This has been Smoothly Blended. Tune in next time and email us at smoothlyblended at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate us five stars. Our website is bit.ly slash smoothlyblended.